Hello, and welcome to the Horror House Podcast. I'm Dave. I am Chris, and this week in the Horror House, we are doing something outside of movies. Something we've done before. Something I'm sure we'll probably do again. We're venturing into the mysterious, creepy, horrific even, world of cryptids. Again. The wild world of real life horror. Yes. Uh, in this uh, episode, rather, like, you can go back uh, and listen to our first episode on cryptids where we went through a shit ton of the, of the things. We also showed our credentials as squatchers. Mm-hmm. But this... It's on the business card. You can't take it away from us now. It's, it, it's written. It's, it's not in stone, but more or less digitally in stone. Digital stone. But this week, we are only doing two. No, we're doing three. Sorry. Excuse me. Doing three cryptids. We are focusing. Dave has a cryptid picked out. I have a cryptid picked out. And then we have one that we have come together on uh, to kind of sh shoulder the responsibility of such a... A big, uh, big creature. Um, it's it's hot news in the world of cryptids. Oh yeah, like there are. Oh yeah, I have reached out to some well-known squanchers out there, and they're like, "Oh, that's you know something I don't know about." So yeah, uh, for good reason. I mean, it's very. I mean, cutting edge people. That's all I can say. Stick uh, around. Bleeding edge. I think they call it bleeding, bleeding edge, edge these days. Uh, uh, I, I was I was hoping I could spit out another term in that point where my lips started to move, but it didn't happen. So um. it's 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 really new and cool. <laughs> I like cryptids. Um, Chris, yes, yes. If if the listener here, the rabble, if they like what we're He's doing scared. tonight, He's if scared. they have He's some scared. cryptids they would like to hear us do on the next episode uh, of our cryptids series, uh, Dave, where can they let us know? Um, or if, if you've had an experience with cryptid, we want to mm -hmm. know about it. And you can send us a tweet or, or a DM, as the kids You're say, open. at sweetness one with six e's or at horror house two because there are two of us doing the show you can email us horrorhousepodcast at gmail.com or you can go to the horror house page on facebook uh if you'd like you can leave us a voicemail and we will absolutely play it on the air un unless you told us not to i mean we will be respectful um but you can do that at anchor.fm forward slash horror house. And finally, uh, all you all you dudes and gals listening, is gals an appropriate term anymore? Maybe it's not. Um, Maybe somebody identifies as a gal. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, wherever it doesn't you're have to listening, be a woman to be a gal. Wherever you're listening, if it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Give us one of them good old ratings. We super duper appreciate it. Uh, we need it. We live by it. Click the star thing. Uh, you know what? I don't even care if you rate us half of a star. Dave, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, what? I mean, you know. I just want part of a star. Whatever you feel like giving us. I mean, And I'm just going to assume if it's less than five stars that something was rigged. <laughs> that someone hacked the servers. Because we know five stars are not going to be any less. All the people say. 
It's the best podcast by two. It's the. I promise. It's the best. This is the best podcast by two drunk brother-in-laws talking random horror shit with a occasional tangents about WrestleMania or Rico Suave. <laughs> you have to. You have to. Unfortunately, or fortunately for us, unfortunately for you. Uh, subscribe to our super secret, super safe, super secret uh, Patreon that we've not yet opened to the public for our Rico Suave um, shenanigans, I guess. <laughs> uh, My shenanigans, our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Bavaras are just tragic. Yeah. <laughs> so give us a rating. Throw your phone at your friend. I'm, yeah, I feel like I've not done my my little... I tried to make that my catchphrase for most of the season. I feel like, and it's kind of fallen by the wayside. I, I, I don't, I don't uh, condone violence, but for promotion of Horror House, you got to do what you got to do. So it, I was researching this today, Chris, and phone-related injuries has been down over the last several weeks. When you've not mentioned that, oh man, um, by a sharp seventeen point seven percent. We'll see the see. I don't believe in science, so. Oh, the science is yeah. science is as fake <laughs> as bird. We should maybe do a. Oh my god! I gotta tell you real quick. Uh, we were out on the front porch a few days ago, and mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever brought up my. What would be the proper term? My uh, hatred, it's fear, hatred, hatred, fear, um, of of turkeys, the fucking wild American turkey. The any kind of a turkey is a is a aka piece of shit. The, the beast of the plains a play a beast of the plains that is a plague mm. in and of itself and a scourge. Anyways, looked over in our neighbor's uh, kind of field where their horses roam next to our house, and mm-hmm. wh- never I don't know ever that I've ever seen turkeys in that field, wild turkeys that is. But there they were. My wife was like, look, look. And there they were. There was like oh, five, man. six, seven, eight. I don't even know. And they, I was like, no. <laughs> they knew you were talking shit, Chris. Uh, They're coming. The enemy had not been that close in years. Um, you, you know what uh, President George Washington used to say? A turkey never forgets. I, I, I understand. I totally understand. We'll, uh... Or was that a jive turkey? <laughs> a jive turkey never forgets when you put the smack down on that ass. <laughs> that, I think that's what George uh, Washington said. But... Are you Booker T? Speaking uh, of WrestleMania. Booker T was a bad man. <laughs> Harlem Heat have one of the best theme songs of all time. I'll fight anybody that denies that. Um... So that said, I'll, we'll come back to the turkey story in another episode. I don't know why I've not brought it. I don't think I've brought it up at all in the history of Horror House, but I got some shit to say about turkeys, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you, man. I agree. My, my bird hatred is more towards peacocks. There were peacocks at my uncle's trailer park back in the day, Hidden Paradise, um, that uh, evil. Evil, evil beast. Uncaring, unaffected. Man, well, for future reference, we'll be coming back to to this bird talk. 
We're just going to do a bird episode yes. at some point. But, I mean, in and of themselves, I mean, kind of a cryptid, kind of a, also a kind of a conspiracy, kind of a... <laughs> Birds aren't real. But, I think the time has come. Let's get into some more cryptids, Dave. Well, let's do an ad, and then we'll come back with a little bit of talk about... The Jersey Devil. We are back in the horror house and our first cryptid up for discussion tonight. Dave is going to give us some, uh, he's going to school us, give us some history, some lessons, some creepy stories on a, on a little known creature, maybe more little known, maybe not quite little known, but the Jersey I think Devil. it just depends on where you're at. I'm yeah, thinking the American Northeast, it's probably um, pretty well known. But for those of you who don't know, let me set the stage. It's 1909 uh, in the New Jersey area. Um, for those, if, if you don't realize it, like that, the American Northeast is the most heavily, densely populated area on Earth, including China. Um, New York City. Philadelphia, um, uh, you know, you've got, they're less than an hour away from each other drive time. Um, but the, the specific location for this is the New Jersey Pine Barrens, which is, uh, my understanding is maybe a 20-mile a drive to Philadelphia, uh, to the south, or maybe a 20-minute drive north into New York City. Now, um, I don't, but let me stop you. I just sure, I have to ask a question. Sure. So, is this kind of like the like Stephen King area? Like you know how, like Pet Cemetery and yes. stuff like that. Like the yes. big wooded yep. like American yep. north northeast. Is that is that where we're, or is that like kind of included? Like, or is that a different? No, place? that's that's exactly where this is. Ex um, just oh, south of New York. Yes. It's not you know not far from you know New York is this and Boston, Massachusetts, or is this and all a, like this. a different kind of a no. No. So that's a lot further inward. So he's not inbred. Um, <laughs> all right. We, da, 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 okay. His mom and his uh, dad are not are not brother and sister. <laughs> In fact, his dad may be the devil. Uh, Mr. Devil, to some of you. So okay. Uh, okay. If, you, if you think about the Pine Barrens and why settlers moved inland in the first place, it's because... You know, you, you initially need to settle when you conquer a new land near water. And especially if you're uh, reliant on boats to bring supplies in and out. But eventually you need that good lumber that doesn't grow close to the shore. So you move in a little ways. Right. Um, and that's where the Pine Barrens come into play. Now, 1909 is really the cusp of um, the Industrial Revolution in the, in the New World. Um, you know, you cars are a thing. Not everyone has one, but cars are a thing, um, which significantly shrinks the world uh, effectively because right. you know distances are not as much. Um, but it's still a kind of very wild time, um, and I don't mean wild like the roaring twenties of woo yeah. <laughs> 
I'm going to take my top off so that the dude can draw a picture and put it in the paper. It's called uh, Pilgrim's Gone Wild. Um, it's a wild time as in there's a lot of wilderness still that's not quite explored and conquered. There's a lot of science that's not settled. Right, right. Um, there's a lot of unknowns. It's still a time of uh, exploration, myth and legend. And exploration, yes. Um, but the New Jersey Pine Barrens are not really isolated, but you'd be forgiven for thinking you were isolated because of just how remote this area feels. Um, it, it's a hard land to try to farm. So it's, it's wooded, it's dense. Um, and one widow, uh, cause that's how in 1909, that's how you had to say it. Uh, state law, state law. It's not, she wasn't a widow. She was a widow. Um, Mrs. Leeds. She's on her 13th child. Cause back then. They didn't have TV. Um, so she's on her 13th child. And as she's giving birth to her child, she's had enough of these goddamn kids. If I mean, Who would be, um, who could judge her? If you s- squeezed 12 children af- out of your vaginas, um, you'd be done. Oh. And then here comes the 13th. Right. And so th- the legend has it that as the child was being born, she said, let this one be a devil. Um, and she got her wish. So uh, apparently, as soon as the child was born, within minutes, it started to grow to the size of a full-grown human. Wow. And then shapeshift and grow even more into this. Um, I, I have seen several different accounts. Um, some called it a camel. A horse or a goat. Um, I even heard it called a kangaroo. Um, but it was uh, some kind of mammalian beast with horns and hoofed feet. And then it grew these giant wings and it flew off into the night, but not before killing the midwife with one swipe from its. Giant muscular tail with a razor sharp edge, and it just sliced and killed the midwife and blew off into the night. Um, that is uh, that is fucked up, yeah. Um, so that is this, this let this one be a devil. I, I heard the belief. That the actual transformation was because the devil, who may or may not be the ch- the father of this child, um, was mad, was kind of angry that she didn't like love and accept the gift he had given her uh, of a thirteenth child. Right. Um. So, you know, Iron Maiden can have their seventh son of the seventh son. This is the thirteenth kid of the. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So, um, it flew off into the night. Now, over the next several years, um, there are many stories of the sightings of the Jersey Devil. Um, 
a lot of times it was seen uh, or reported to be seen feasting on pets or livestock. On at least one occasion, the police were called to investigate a series of tracks um, that were both on the ground in the snow and found on the rooftops of some of the houses. Wow. Okay. Um, and I don't, you know, I think the Jersey Devil has turned into kind of a, a boogaloo of a, you know, mind your parents and you get home before dark, <laughs> right? Or the Jersey Devil may get you type of thing, right? But um, it it genuinely caused a panic in the early 1900s, where um, several several newspaper articles were written. Uh, with sightings, and I don't know what was going on in the early 1900s up until like the 1940s when women just would faint um, at the sight of anything. But there were several newspaper articles referenced that I could find. I didn't find the actual newspaper article. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't, Chris, I didn't go to New England and search the archives, the microfiche myself. (laughs) I can't believe you cheap change just like this, Dave. (laughs) I know what a motherfucker I am, but um, the reports is that the newspapers reported, you know, sightings and women fainting and mm-hmm. men on the hunt, and it would be seen in and about town, um, but always kind of retreating back to the wild of the Pine Barrens. Always at Kmart's, never um, at Walmart's. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, too, too cheap. It, it's not cheap enough to be a woman. It's a, it's a camper. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, red glowing eyes, lots of descriptions of, of the eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I think the one that kind of stuck in my brain was the, um, the description that the eyes look like burning amethyst, which I thought sounded, I mean, it just sounds fucking metal. It does. You know, so um, that's that's the story of the Jersey Devil. So I'm wondering, kind of, you know, you say, you know, the mother, you know, she's given birth to the thirteenth child and says, "Let it be a devil," because you know, fuck them kids. (laughs) Right? No, that's number thirteen. I think that was that was the night, the early nineteen hundred. Translation is yeah, fuck them kids. So I mean, to put it in kind of, or to think of it for in my own stupid brain, in more maybe modern or modern realistic characteristics, kind Mm -hmm. of like you know, right? Um, you know, like mutations or retardations, um, of you know this. This birth, um, of course, you're going to be done <laughs> at this number oh, of yeah. children. Like they're so, yeah. of course, you're going to be cursing the fucking universe as as this is going on. So you know, I I don't know what the chances are, of, uh, basic chances of of. Uh, a birth that has some kind of deformity, which is what there is my brain would think of in this regard. And certainly by 13, you're rolling the dice so many times. 
<laughs> that. Well, and and you've made a good point here. I mean, one health healthcare is not what it was, and who knows what they um, might have been exposed to. It's the beginning of the industrial revolution. Certainly, there was no EPA. Certainly, you know, like that back then they didn't care. They munched on cold because uh, that's what it was for. Uh, uh, as recently as the Reagan era, like factories could just dump their shit wherever they wanted. Right. Um, and and that brings up the possibility that the Jersey Devil is the first actual X Man. And I wonder. Wow. I mean the the creature itself sounds like it might be the love child of Wolverine and uh, Angel. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean. Uh, X-23 and Angel, maybe. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. You yeah. There you go. I got your back. Um, I like the idea that the two dudes I mean, they the are baby mutants, together. Because, right? like, there are mutants. Yeah, we don't know. Wolver- <laughs> hey, really have you ever judge. seen Wolverine's dong? Uh, only in... Have you only ever in, seen Wolverine's uh, dong? And risky, and risky fan drawings. Okay. So... I mean, so <laughs> it's possible that the Wolverine has a vajay. Uh, and that's yeah. all I'm going to say about it. It'd be a hairy ass vajay, but it's a vajay. Um, the Jersey, I mean, to keep the tail of that going, like, let's say that it was some kind of uh, disformity. Uh, maybe, maybe even like some kind of stillbirth, uh, something along those lines. Um, but to have some kind of permeation of this story of your baby that died in delivery, (laughs) continue on for decades, probably centuries as we go on, uh, if we make it that long, uh, Wow. If that's the case, right? Like the story of your child that didn't come out quite right, you know? <laughs> that's pretty mm-hmm. fucked up. That's pretty fucked up. Um so that's being just realistic a, in my brain, which I'm like tied to this to like uh, you know, but if just a side no- side note, the professional hockey team in New Jersey right. are called the New Jersey Devils. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I, I don't know for sure that it's a reference to the Jersey Devil, but, I mean, it, I don't know that it's not. It's gotta be. So, <laughs> in a way, I, potentially, the New Jersey Devils hockey team is about somebody's uh, stillborn baby that was deformed. Yeah. That's fucked up, New Jersey. Wow. I, I was able to find a... The most recent finding, uh, sighting I could find was 1993. A forest ranger named John Irwin. Um, no relation. Said he saw the creature. Uh, no relation. <laughs> uh, right. Um, it, the the creature stabbed him in the chest. What was oh, the chances oh. of that? No. Um. Oh. Uh, too soon. Oh. Too soon. <laughs> um. But you know. It's 
It's neat. I've seen. I saw some pictures, not of the Jersey Devil, although I did see one picture that claimed to be a picture of the New Jersey Devil. And I got to be honest with you, it 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 looked kind of fake as shit, right? Um, but you know, it the pictures of the New Jersey Pine Barrens area does look like you know, even though you're in the middle of this, you know all these major metropolitan areas within, you know, a half hour drive from you. Mm -hmm. But it looks like you could easily get lost and starve to death uh, in this area, you know. Uh, So it was was really cool. It's a really cool looking little... uh, It's... uh, And isolation. I think it's always cool in in the modern time, as if I've lived in any other time. Who knows? But I think it's really cool when you can find these like wild areas. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when you say, you know, the barrens, like I immediately there's like imagery that comes to my brain. You know, like the, you know, the the pine needles that have you know just been gathering for decades. You know, that bed of mm-hmm. you know ground in the forest. Yeah. Yep. And you know, depending on the time, like. Kind of, you know, when when my brain is going there, it's like Halloween time because that's perfect time. You know, it's cold, starting to get cold, and it's just ba- more barren than regular barren. And oh yeah, it's pine barren. It just something about that isolation, which will uh, I, I have a a pretty decent uh part to play in uh, our next cryptid um but there was a x-files episode on the jersey devil that was uh, that i remember oh, being okay. pretty decent it was like one of the monster of the week episodes uh-huh. i remember i it's been a few years since i watched it but it seemed like it was uh probably probably a decent episode that just kind of gets overlooked because it was not like a great monster of the week episode but I remember it being like decent. So and that was okay. kind of like that was kind of like my uh intro, I guess, to to Jersey Devil. Okay. But what a what a that's a that's a great crypt. I had I had heard of the Jersey Devil before, but I really did I knew jack shit about it mm-hmm. until I started the research. And it I mean I really was just like well, I was I was just looking for a cryptid to do, right? And I looked at a couple, and I had, you know, I was like, "Oh, I'll do this. Oh, I could do this." And then I saw the Jersey Devil, and I saw one story about the Jersey Devil, and I was like, "Okay, you know, <laughs> this is this is it. This is what I'm doing." Right. So. It's a good one, man. It's a good story. Oh, thank you. That's a thank good you, story. sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, Chris. <laughs> What 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 cryptid did you bring to the uh, feast today? It is one that I I'm pretty sure that we have talked about to some degree mm-hmm. over the course of Horror House, and it has uh, been in several horror movies, horror video games, uh, the Wendigo, and the pronunciation is a little bit shaky because it be, it comes from Native American folklore, so I'm just gonna call it the Wendigo. If that's not quite your pronunciation, uh, you know, give us a quick rewind and get to them socials and school me on what uh, your preferred pronunciation is. But uh, 
in the horror house and this horror house family. We call it the Wendigo. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, back in the day when I was in school, one of my favorite things to do back in the day when I was in school, when we had like library time, uh-huh. is I, I would look up, it was either, it was always like either Greek gods and their stories, or it was like cryptids and UFOs oh, and yeah. those stories. Oh, yeah. um, and Wendigo was always one of my favorite, like sit around the campfire and tell stories, stories. The Wendigo is so. And when I when I was in the Scouts, we would sit around the campfire, and the Wendigo was one of my favorite stories. And then after everyone like retired to their tents, then you could go and hang out outside somebody's tent and um, call their name and really fuck them up. So, so you yeah. may that this actually may work really well because I don't have. I think I have a different kind of perspective on the Wendigo from you know what I've okay. gleaned from you know, everything I've read and stuff. So you may come at it at a different angle and you let's, uh, let's just get into it. Um, so the Wendigo is a creature or cryptid that originates mm-hmm. predominantly or mainly maybe even, uh, in native American folklore, like specifically first nation Algonquin speaking tribes mm-hmm. in the region of, you know, Canada and the U S like East Coast, the Northern Territories, yes, yeah. East Coast yep. forests of Canada, Great Lakes region, and this is where we start to kind of cross paths, which I didn't even kind of really even think about. But that American Northeast is kind of involved in that, mm-hmm. um, and certainly uh, the Stephen King kind of adaptation of the Wendigo reaches kind of bridges these these two. Um, okay, is is he um, known for something? This um, what did you call him? Stephen King with a ph. Yeah, Ste- yeah. Stefan. You may know him more as Stefan. S- Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, like East East Coast forests of Canada, the Great Lakes, basically anywhere that it's cold, and like if you would, and it's kind of the same time frames, like the turn of the the turn of the century, like the eight, 18, the late 1800s and, you know, thereabouts. Um, where if it got cold, you'd be like, fuck, we may die. <laughs> if you were somewhere on the fringes of civilization, it may be, you know, it, it's, it's just, it would have been just harder to survive. And the isolation. So just to clarify that, just to clarify that a little, if I may, Chris, uh, we are taping this in August in Indiana. I'm pretty sure it got over or near 80 degrees today. Yeah. Right now in the home office as I'm taping, I think it might be 90-some degrees. It, it uh, may be the alcohol that I've consumed since the first 30-some-odd minutes of Four House tonight. I'm sweating. True, true I'm sweating, that. especially my back region on this but if I go to chair. when I go to bed tonight, and Stella has the air conditioner on in the bedroom, and when I go to bed tonight, when I wake up in the morning at six o'clock, I will want to die then because I'm going to be freezing my ass off. If the alcohol has worn off, I've sweated that shit out. I smell like a fucking, uh, you know, stale whiskey and olives. A modern person, you know, put in that time. 
you know, the extreme of hot or cold mm-hmm. in this instance mm-hmm. is just, I wouldn't make it. We're soft. I would not make it on either We're spectrum. soft, Chris. I, absolutely. And I, that was a different kind of cold. I, I respect our stance and softness. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there are times when I'm like, in the winter, like December, January, I'm like, you know what? Thank God for global warming. Now, Dave, you may be, we'll get into, I'll get into this in, in, a, in just a minute, but uh, you may be susceptible. We may both be susceptible to a degree to becoming possessed by a Wendigo because Ooh, of, of such stances. Okay. Um, so we, there's the uh, essentially kind of the regions. Just if you're cold in your if you're in an area that's cold and imagine that you had to forage for your own food in the cold and that was very dangerous without a Walmart or a Target or something, you're mm-hmm. probably in Wendigo territory. Um, so essentially the tales of Wendigo take place where it can be very cold and can be very difficult for human survival. Um, but the cold, you know, famine, starvation, isolation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, while they have always posed some kind of degree of danger to modern man like us, like, but during that time, you know, the turn of the century, it was, you know, several levels of difficulty higher than what it is now. And that's kind mm-hmm. of uh, where the Wendigo legend and the folklore of that lives. And it kind of is even before that. Like, I think I th- think I read that the one of the earliest uh, stories of the Wendigo was like in the 17-something hundreds. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it certainly is more of a, of a common tale and easily read about during that kind of mid to, to late 1800s. Um, but the description of the Wendigo, and there's a couple different variations as time has kind of went on, but... Um, for me, the classic description is this, uh, well, first there's a physical Wendigo, like a physical representation, some kind of physical creature, but there's also in some stories, there's a spiritual version of the Wendigo, which I honestly couldn't find a whole lot of information on, but there is a, there is a two kind of, uh, I'm not even two. There's a couple different uh, camps on on this uh, cryptid, um, but the to describe the physical creature, um, it's it's said to it's a, said to appear very gaunt, skinny, with skin that's very pale or ash gray, and so skinny that it appears that you know the bones are protruding, nearly protruding through its flesh. It's like so tight. Almost ghoulish, um, like uh, essentially like a dead body has come to life in a way. Like, uh, wow. And, you know, the sunken eyes. And for me, like to see visual representations of of the Wendigo is, uh, you know, around the lips, you know, the, the jagged teeth, because they're protruding so much because the skin is getting pulled back, right? And they're so tight and the cracked lips. And it's just like, I would give you a chapstick, brother. If I had a chapstick to give you, I swear, <laughs> don't kill me. Here's my chap. I, I, I got no chaps. But 
There was no Burt's Bees in the 1700s, Chris. <laughs> and so there's that, and then giving off an incredibly foul odor, which translates to the next iteration, kind of, of the uh, the Wendigo. So there's that one. We'll just call that one the skinny Wendigo, or the ghoul, ghoulish Wendigo. Um, but the next one, and I feel like this one has kind of grown more prominent and you know more modern tellings of the wendigo mm-hmm. and that is like this more of a beastly kind of a character you watch something like the ritual or antlers uh and you'll get like this version kind of of the wendigo which is like you know this fur creature that's kind of varying in size um typically quite large hooved you know kind of on all fours with this skull the skull and antlers of like a deer, stag, some kind of thing, like no real face, but like the skull, which is, you know, on this terrifying, very kind of startling juxtaposition, you know, compared to this, you know, back three quarters of an animal that's, and then like, if you, if you saw a bear and it turned around and like all of its flesh on its head had been eaten off, you're like, there's you can't describe that you're just like and then i died <laughs> i just died from the horror of it all it, it's terrifying absolutely terrifying uh, and so that's kind of i'm sure it goes further back than i would give it credit for but that feels like uh, from you know my experiences and movies and stories and stuff that feels like more of a modern uh telling description of the wendigo is this more beastly kind of creature? Mm-hmm. But Dave, yes, uh, there's kind of a bridge we can draw between the two. Uh, a vague bridge. It's made out of crayons, uh, but uh, it's said that the Wendigo can grow in size and strength depending on what it's eaten. So if it eats like okay. a small child, right? Like it's not, it, it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna get strong off that. It's not gonna grow in size. It's just like an appetizer or whatever. But if it ate like Andre the Giant, like it's gonna go up a, it's Ooh. gonna go up a level or two, right? And it's gonna, it's gonna gain a little bit of strength. Um, and level up, get big. It's disturbing the peace. It, that is maybe the Wendigo's theme song, and. It may, it's just kind of, I think that's just kind of like an easy way to draw a line between the two descriptions of the Wendigo. So it's like, you know, here's a Wendigo that's starving because it can't find food, right? There's the ghoulish Wendigo. Here's the Wendigo that ate, you know, a WWE Mm -hmm. tour bus with everybody inside. It's like thriving, (laughs) 18 feet tall and antlers and everything, you know. And that's it's ready to Goldberg spear. That is the well-fed Wendigo, and you know it. It's in its best um, presentation. It's fast. It can it can run over deep snow, no problem. Or water, it can Jesus water if it wanted to. Oh, so that is. There's not a whole lot of escaping a Wendigo, uh, and heightened senses, man. It can it can smell you, it can hear you, and 
another uh, kind of, uh, I would say fact, but, you know, a description of the Wendigo mm -hmm. that I, I have read is that the older a Wendigo becomes, the stronger it becomes. Mm -hmm. And its corruption and influence can grow over, like, a region or of a, of a forest, you know? And it can affect nature the stronger it gets the more influence it has over wherever it's at so you know maybe it's just strong enough to like control like this little population of chipmunks right but i don't know maybe it ate, ate a couple uh kevin nash's and andre the giants it can control weather itself it can block out the sun oh. in this region if that's what it needs to do I've never, so I I know the Wendigo. I think I said there during your inter mm -hmm. introduction that this was one of my favorite cryptid stories and campfire stories. But I, and I but I never understood or never heard that it could control the weather. But it actually fits very well with some of the stories that I heard in my it, youth. That kind of this kind of leans more towards that spiritual kind of uh, Wendigo. Mm -hmm. Um. But, and that, that also, that's kind of, uh, like to connect our, our two stories. Like I was saying, like, you know, these barren or these desolate regions, um, the isolated regions, you know, these big forests where especially, you know, 18 to the, the turn of the 20th century, um, not a lot of people and, mm -hmm. You know, the Native American folklore, a, a lot of the Wendigo stuff is kind of in that, uh, kind of a sense of building community in a way, mm -hmm. kind of a sense of warning and it, kind of like when your parents would be like, don't sit so close to the TV, you'll go blind. It hurts your eyes. The Wendigo is kind of that in moderation, where it's like, don't eat all those hot pockets. You're gonna, you're gonna shit out your brains. That's so did kind you of a Wendigo thing. Did you see any um, connection or um, tales about cannibalism yes. and Wendigos? Absolutely, because that's the tale I have always kind of heard yeah. that. Um, anyone who either it and I heard various things back in the day that it was um settlers who engaged in cannibalism, yes, or even like prospectors who maybe it wasn't even cannibalism, but maybe you just screwed over your partner. Yes, cannibalism and, and that idea can make mm -hmm. you susceptible to possession of a Wendigo. Can. Uh, so we should or, we should be fine. I've not ever eaten a human being. I, I don't know. Yeah, you heard it here first, <laughs> guys. Chris has not denied eating I, a human I, I, being. I'm not before. sure when this episode is going to be released, so I don't want to incriminate my future self. You know what I mean? Okay, true, true. <laughs> it's future preservation. And, and, <laughs> I, look, Chris. I just, I just. Because I know we've both eaten at the Wendy's, and who knows what kind of meat is in that chili. Uh, uh, it's good. I love me some Wendy's chili, 
but I'm not 100 percent certain that there's not human in flesh 150 in it. years in a horror it's house. It's good, but is it too in good? A horror house generation five or six, you know, that maybe that's a thing. They're like the originators of the horror house. Mm-hmm. Ate Wendy's chili just one too many times. Came Wendigos. It's had to be put down in their sleep. It's, it's good, but is it too good? <laughs> so um, that is a thing of the Wendigo. Um, the hunger or appetite can never be quenched or satisfied. Um, becoming a Wendigo, a human can be cursed uh, to becoming a Wendigo due to greed or gluttony. Uh, like, like I was saying, you know, don't sit so close to the TV or don't you know, eat all of your Wendy's chili. <laughs> uh, and like what you said, another route to being cursed as a Wendigo, as a human to become a Wendigo, is uh, eating human flesh. Cannibalism is also another uh, uh, thing that can take over you. Um, and in the early, maybe to mid parts of the 1900s, that was a condition, is uh, Wendigo fever, where... Uh, mm-hmm. And it also that kind of also is a part of um, you'll read some of it like uh, in mountain climber kind of stories where they'll you know be at the, these extreme heights and kind of lose their senses and suddenly you know where they were at, at once at this temperature that is very cold they've you know lost kind of their senses and now they're sweating and profusely sweating and swearing that they're burning up and. Stripping off their clothes in negative degree temperature. And that kind of uh, is something I I read a little bit in this uh, human to Wendigo kind of uh, possession. Um, And like the cannibalism, uh, there's uh, there's a couple stories. Uh, There's Swift Runner. There's this... uh, I'm not sure what native american tribe he was from but like he killed his entire family and they they found him and it wasn't that he they were in the situation that he even needed to and it wasn't that he necessarily wanted to but he did want to so he fucking killed them and ate them and I want to say it was a family of five, around five or six people, and fucking killed them, ate them. And this this Wendigo um, kind of condition hasn't been really a thing. I think they've kind of like written it off. It's not, especially in modern times, it's not really so much a thing. Um, But, you know... Back in those times, mm-hmm. you get a guy that kills his family and doesn't appear crazy. So, you're like Wendigo. Hey guys, guys, Wendigo. <laughs> so when I was in the Scouts, I, I, and even outside of the Scouts, I, I carry this over to back when just me and my friends and cousins were just fucking around. Um. One of the Wendigo stories I like to tell was of um, a, a couple of prospectors who, who go out into the the um, Yukon to, to prospect for gold. Mm-hmm. And 
and um, one of them just he's obnoxious and he's an asshole and and he but he's kind of leading the expedition and and so the three guys go out and um, they find gold they they strike it pretty good they they've got a pretty good run of gold and one of the guys just he can't take it anymore the, even though um, his his supposed friend is like leading the charge to come out here you know they just can't take it anymore and he he's like once they find the gold he's telling them all this is my expedition. Right, we're not going to split this evenly, you know. I'm I'm going to take what yeah, I want, yeah, yeah, and you guys are going to take what I give you. And so that night, they they kill him in his sleep. Uh, one of them in particular, like you know, he's he's like, I I got to do it. I'm going to kill him. I'm not going to let him screw me out of my share. It kills him in his sleep. And the next night is when um, they're in the tent and they're laying there, and he's awoken. Somebody calls his name like. Jedediah. Okay. Jedediah. So he wakes up and he's like, Did you hear that? And and you know, uh uh Glenn next to him <laughs> is like, uh, no, Jed, I, I I didn't hear anything. What are you talking about? And he's like, I, I it must have been nothing, it's probably just the wind. So he's he's trying to go back to sleep, but the wind is actually picking up. And this is where, like I said, I never heard that story about them controlling the weather. Mm-hmm. But there was always that connection in the story to the weather. So the weather is picking up. The snow is coming in. The wind is picking up. And here's it again. Jedediah. Jedediah. Even if that wasn't my name, if I heard that in the wind, I'd be like, I'm out. I'm out. Give me. Yeah, like, I don't even know who Jedediah is. And it's scaring the fuck the out of me. The air is cursed in this area. <laughs> yeah. But um, eventually, you know, he, he does. He feels this extreme heat. And he gets up and he's stripping his clothes and his and the other prospector, the one that's not dead, obviously, is like, what are you doing? He's like, I, it's too hot. I gotta get out of here. I gotta run. Right, and right. so he's running and he's running into the wilderness and then, you know, the well, Wendigo, and I think this speaks more to the spiritual Wendigo, mm-hmm. he just runs off into the darkness and is eventually just picked up kind of by the wind and just, he's yeah. gone. Yeah, ne- Never to be seen again. Um, there's, you know, from what I've read, I mean, there's just not a lot of like big stories. I, it, I, I feel like a lot of it, you know, other than these kind of folklore kind of things, you get into stories like that. And, you know, these from, from person to person, from camp to camp, from tribe to tribe, these stories that are more local are what really the, the vibe of the Wendigo exists. Um, and that certainly uh, is what the Wendigo I think of. Uh, I I feel like um, like the ghoulish ones are more of a a, a thing that I've seen in video games and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. uh, Pet Cemetery, Stephen King has some Wendigo shenanigans yep. going on in the yep. book. Um. Uh, I forget the remake a little bit, but I think the window is a little bit more apparent in that one. Um, but, and that's kind of in that region too, right? Um, those, the Pine Barrens kind of area up in that direction. Uh, the, it, and we, um, it's dangerous when it can control weather. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it, you know, 
that's that's when you know you got a dangerous mutant yeah. there. Uh, fuck you, Storm. We know you're dangerous, but you're. But that's what makes you sexy. But I didn't, I didn't um, realize that our two cryptids would kind of, uh, kind of cross over in certain regards like that. So happy accidents, yo! Like uh, we did it. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I, I think if you look at our two cryptids that we've done tonight, you know, I think they really tell a story. Uh, the Jersey Devil is more because it's the age of industrialism. Mm-hmm. It becomes a warning, like don't stray too far from the city. Don't don't you know um, let yourself get um, sucked into the call of the wilderness. Yeah, um, and the Wendigo is very much like the opposite. There were no cities. There weren't any of these big metropolises. Mm-hmm. But it's still that you know. Don't get too um, isolated. Don't get don't get too don't isolated. Get, don't fuck over your yeah. friends. You know you you have to be honest. You have to be a fair greed and gluttony kind of chap or you, for the window. Yeah. Um, our next cryptid, though, Chris, yes. is a little bit different. Uh, it is a, an inner city cryptid, a, a little lesser known. But please, guys, um, whether it's the twitters, um, the email, the Facebook, the voicemail. Um, please let us know if, um, uh, what you have heard, because this was, um, this is one that I think the government still keeps pretty under wraps. And we know how oppressive some of the, um, the Chinese government and some of those Eastern Asian, uh, regimes can be, but we're going to talk here about the East Asian three-thumbed street mongoose. So the East Asian three-thumbed street mongoose, that is a... One, that is a heck of a that's, name for a cryptid. Um, nobody with any sense would name a cryptid like that. And that I mean, that also um, like lends itself to being hard to search for. You know, you have to be strong in the Google foo to search for such a complexly named creature. And I, you know, there are so many mysteries sur- surrounding this, oh, but. Yeah. Um, I understand these those East Asian those like we we talked about the the isolation uh, involved in the stories around the yeah. Wendigo and the Jersey Devil, but the East Asian like those densely populated cities. Uh, we know I I've seen stories of like capuchin monkeys and you know a- Asian raccoons and the East Asian three thumbed street mongoose. Thriving in those urban yeah. settings, um, but apparently none has ever been caught and fully identified by yeah. what they call what the what the establishment calls legitimate science. I mean, it's it's so it's so apropos, right? For for a cryptid to be caught in blurry photos and stuff like you. If you are able to, like, look at some of the photos that me and Dave have shared over the last, you know, week or two, building, you know, this this episode a little bit, the the only pictures we can get of East Asian three thumbed street mongooses, they're so fucking blurry. They're so like you're like, is that a dog? Is that a bear? Is that just a drunk? Do is that is that Chris and Dave after a horror house episode? Right. Well, there was the one episode that you can, uh, the one picture we shared that you could, you could count like one, two, the three thumb. But outside of that, like, 
It was hard yeah, to say. I mean, I saw I, I saw a comedian this week that was talking about Bigfoot, and he said, you know, maybe the problem is not the picture taking. Maybe Bigfoot <laughs> just is blurry, and so you know, right. who knows? Maybe that is a whole cryptid category. That's just like part of like, oh, I'm blurry on my father's side. <laughs> It's a trait. Yeah. It's a genetic trait. Um, um, so I, there are lots of stories online, Chris. I, I don't know if you saw of um, tourists and and even like natives uh, to Asia. Uh, I might be a little drunk. <laughs> who who report like being pickpocketed or like their whole like purses snatched by these mongoose right. who then run yeah. off with it. What's a mongoose going to do with a purse? I, what is a mongoose going to do with a purse? I mean, you would think like, you know, like a street performing kind of chimp or, you know, a smaller, you know, uh, ape some of some kind. Like, I ain't no expert. I don't know. I don't know the terms of these things. Uh, you know, he just takes it back to his master and he's like, here, here you go. I did what you taught me to like a dog with a, you know, the fucking bone, you know, you throw the bone, he brings mm -hmm. it back. What was the old cartoons where they would have the monkey and they'd have the little music box yeah. playing and the monkey would have like the Shriner yes. hat on. <laughs> Never trust a Shriner. I, I actually believe that Shriners are actually cryptic. I don't know that I disagree. I don't know that I disagree. That may that may come up in the next scripts episode. <laughs> yes. Um, but but you know the East Coast Shriners, uh, fucking the North American Shriners, I would say. True, true. They have expanded their territory. Uh, oh, but um, uh, you know, looking at these pictures, reading these stories of this East Asian three thumbed street mongoose, you know, is. Since the pictures are so grainy, so blurry, you know, you kind of have to start to build your own conclusions a little bit. Because, um, like, you know, like we said, there's not a whole lot of information, and uh, we kind of have to investigate in our own kind of a, a way. And the more I looked at them, Dave, like the you know three thumbed, obviously, like they're kind of hind legs. Uh, would there would be like some kind of thumb in that regard? The third thumb is that on the tail, and if so, is that kind of like a third eye kind of thing? Is that what, what we're not picking up on? Like, is this more? Well, I think that's what makes them so agile. That's fu that's fucking crazy. So, oh man, these they um reportedly come in a wide variety of like fur colors and um markings so i've seen i saw alternately reports that they were striped really? that they had like leopard stri uh spots similar to like a leopard or a panther oh or that they may be like uh some of them were uniformly colored so i don't know if that's um like a, Did a randomness or but I do, I did not see any accounts of two East Asian three-thumbed street mongoose in the same location at the same time. So it's uh, possible that there's only one. Oh, shit. And that he is oh, able shit. to sh shift his colors 
uh, uh, similar to like a chameleon. Oh my god! Which I I can't say that definitively. That just gave me goosebumps, dude. I I, I know I don't I don't I'm pretty sure there's not mongooses around our parts of Indiana, <laughs> you know, but ugh, something about that. Um, the stories I don't remember if I shared with you the the street mongoose drownings of children story that I found. Oh no! So please, um, you did share that with me, but please share for the so, round. So in the in the kind of mid nineties, there was a string of, I mean, you know, especially then there was not so much surveillance cameras. Like people didn't have you know like ring cameras and like pull cameras and garage cameras like we do now. Um, so the the pictures, the photographic evidence, like there's some VHS stuff you can search up. Uh, and it would certainly appear that there is, I mean, you look up the description of a mongoose. I wasn't even sure myself what even a fucking mongoose was until we did this mm -hmm. episode. And I was like, huh, I wasn't quite on board. I wasn't, my brain wasn't quite there with what I thought this was. And then the only mongoose I've ever known was the mongoose from Ricky Ticky Taffy. Is that? The mongoose? Then he like beat like the <laughs> cobra snake or some That's, shit. I, that one's a little before old Chris's time. I don't know the Ricky Tiff Ricky Tiff Tiffy stuff. Are you? I know the okay. I know of it, but I don't. All right, the podcast it. is I'm, over. Chris just called me old. I'm, I apologize. <laughs> okay, we're back on. <laughs> but uh, you know, you see these kind of uh tmz ish if there was such a such a thing like uh in the kind of mid 90s early mid 90s where it was clearly like a handheld like vhs camera not like a uh a, a doorbell ring camera or some kind of security camera and there appears to be some kind of a mongoose looking creature drowning mm -hmm a child at like a birthday party or like some kind of family get together or something. But there, there is a couple of these videos and what you said kind of gave me goosebumps in that, you know, like maybe they're changing their pattern. Maybe it's just a, a couple, maybe one or a couple that are changing their patterns kind of at will going from, you know, I don't know what the, uh, so what is to be gained from you know drowning a couple kids, mm -hmm. but uh, it certainly appears from what I've seen to fucking maybe be a thing. And some of these, did you did you believe the account from um, um, Xu Shang that the survivor of the drowning attempt um, and um. Because I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to believe, and you can tell that he's, like, passionate, and that you can tell that he believes. I believe. think what it comes down to, at least I would assume for me and us, maybe, uh, is, or, you know, anybody that's coming into this, because there's not a lot of information, but, like, it's like, I'll take what I can get, right? Like, there's not a lot of... Mm -hmm. Uh, there's not a lot to learn from. There's so what do you, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's just it, it, it's, it is it's fucking creepy. It's just fucking creepy. I, I think it's, it's creepier than the Wendigo. I think it's to me. definitely to, to Jersey Devil, just because it's so more I, modern I, and unexplainable. If you believe, if you fall into the camp of all of these cryptids are not real, they're just more cautionary tales. And I, and I, if you believe that, I don't know what you make uh-huh. of the pictures and videos and and accounts. But if you fall into that category, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, you must believe that the, the East Asian three-thumbed street mongoose is a warning about, like, you know, stay on your toes and watch your children in the marketplace because, you know, they'll get snatched and drowned. Yeah, uh, so. Dave, you reminded me, uh, as you were saying that, like, it has a lot of parallels with... Um, I'm gonna keep talking as I'm as I'm googling real quick. Um, but uh, what is the name of that thing? It has a lot of parallels in that regard to the um, the Sacramento sludge bird and in what we've been talking about, which I didn't quite realize at first. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. well, the snatching of children. Oh yeah, uh, like, not even snatching. You know, that's, like the, the, that's pushing, the obvious the connection. Pushing under. Uh, water like deliberate drownings <laughs> uh, uh-huh. uh, you can't disguise that um for a mi- for a minute that i thought you were going to say the connection to like goku when he still had his <laughs> tail so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that big on um, dragon ball i am very very um uh, like a long for the ride, like they're Tim, Tim, my but our, our my buddy, our buddy, uh, whorehouse uh, yep. alumni Tim is a big Dragon Ball fan. Um, I I I just commented the other day that it's been uh, theatrically released uh, four times with four different names and uh remastered uh animation which doesn't look anything different uh, to me so i i think it's i think i think the people remastering dragon ball z are actually a myth so <laughs> um but i mean what do, i mean the connection right like i mean when you said that, I mean, had you thought of that before the the changing of its of its fur patterns? Had you thought of that before? Because, like, when you said that, some I felt something. I, I, you know, I I kind of it's something I've been thinking about. Like, it was bothering me that all those videos, all those videos, all those pictures and clips that you sent me the other right. day, um, and including the ones that like aren't available on the internet that you just picked up on that Reddit um, 4chan. It's 4chan. exchange. 4chan exchange. I'm sorry. Um, it just, it did occur to me that the markings are different, but every time like the mongoose one, it's a, it's a giant it is, mongoose. It's the size of a small child. Pretty large, <laughs> which it doesn't sound huge, but it's for a mongoose. That's gigantic. Yeah. yeah. Um, to hold a small child know, underwater to drown said child, mm-hmm. it's got to have some kind of 
I mean, it don't got to be a fucking grown ass adult doing it, but it's got to have some right. Yeah, yeah. And and what was it Zhu Zhang said that like it tried to put a thumb in each eye and one thumb in his butt. Yeah. So kind of face that was like if you will. Yeah, yeah. There's something yeah, going on. Here. Um, and I can honestly as kind of scared as that made me uh i kind of understand the need or the want to kind of keep it hush hush you know some kind of creature that mm. can change its a its appearance for uh to, to potentially just go on these assaults these predatory kind of things like that's there's nothing that does that that i'm aware of yeah well, and clearly the Chinese government and the Indian government, Pakistani government, all, all of these countries, Korea, are are hiding what they know. Oh, yeah. Um, because, and I think to not stoke fear, which is completely different than what the Brazilian government is doing I'm, uh, with yes. the Brazilian giant yes. midget, which is kind of, they're... They're hiding it too, but it's totally different I feel. Like they're hiding it to protect I'm glad it. That you brought this up because the, I literally had my hand up, pointing at my monitor, being like, "This is that." <laughs> it's not. It's not yeah. class. It's not class, Chris. You could just jump I, in. I, I, you, I, you took words right out of my mouth. Right out of my mouth. The, the Brazilian giant midget, and people are <laughs> like, "You guys are fucking drunk and making shit up." No, we're not. Like it's at, Google the it's shit out there. I mean, hit hit the Wikipedia's or yeah. whatever. It is a midget that is gigantic. I mean, not gigantic compared to like everything, but gigantic compared yeah. to midgets. It's a midget the size of a regular. How do you person. deal like, with you that? You wouldn't even Dave. tell the difference. How do you deal with that? Um, There's no way. Okay, two I, ways. No way that I deal with. This. I don't believe. I, I can't. One, I'm not in. I'm not in Brazilian. Okay, fair. Um, but if I were go if I were go to Brazil, <laughs> I would just be hyper alert. You have to because, be. right? You'd have to be. We all know that if a midget kicks your ass, you turn into a midget. But, and you're the one that told me this 15 years ago. If you beat a midget with a stick made yes. of oak, yes. yes, what happens? Uh, they turn into six gold coins. <laughs> I think I that may be <laughs> that may be our first ever description <laughs> discussion about cryptids was talking about that. It fucking was, it fucking was. and I fucking believed you. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my god. Oh. No, no offense to anybody out there. This was our like, this was our uh, plan for the whole episode was to get to this point. Um, obviously, we pl played complete faith straight uh, for the for the Wendigo for the Jersey Devil, but we're like, let's put in a third one that we fucking make up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, <laughs> and I am, I am we so impressed how far we have made it with this discussion. <laughs> before we finally um, lost uh, it before we finally gave it, up it was the fucking 12 gold coins <laughs> cause 
I, th- I think I cried when you told me that some years ago. <laughs> the first <laughs> But the the East Asian three thumbed street mongoose may not be real. But if manifestation I, is a thing, Dave, we've made it real. I'm gonna hold it in my heart as if it is. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna hold it in my heart as if it is. Um you wait till I get a hold of some uh Wikipedia. It's for and we're gonna make this of thing. the people. Make it a thing. It's out there. It's it it's in the ether now, it's in the internet. Um internet do your thing. Yes. Like I might hit some Reddit <laughs> at some point and be like, hey, can we can we make this thing a, a thing? I felt like we were so sincere. I may listen back to it because we've had a couple cocktails tonight. I may listen back to it when mm-hmm. I'm editing and be like, I understand why you're not acting next to, to the flex and the fucking uh, goblins. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's why. That's the, why. Well, I'm going to throw the com- curtain completely back. We come up with, or Dave, I didn't, it wasn't even me, it was Dave, come up with three fake cryptids. And we're like, all right, we're going to pick one, and the other two are going to be like supplemental, we'll sprinkle them in. Um, and let's go for it. Um, but, uh, bravo, my my friend. I probably lost some people. When the only survivor name I could come up with was Shushang. I thought that was fucking great. Uh, well, yeah. Shushang is Bruce Lee's cousin in Fist of Fury. Oh, see, so you're just peeling the curtain back for a couple, for a select few to come in with us there. I see. And Jackie may be one of them. I, I don't know if I told you, Jackie watched Fist of Fury with me the other day. So, like the first half of it. Uh, this, I, the, you, you may have to have her wa- listen to this episode. When's the last? What's the last horror house episode she like gave any kind of listen to? <laughs> that to like I, a, I really don't know. I don't the, know. The She's a teenager, one. man. She yeah. may not have listened. She may not have listened to any of them. Yeah, she might be like, uh, my dad does it. I'm not fucking listening to that yeah. shit. But so possible. Possible. I don't take it personally yeah, if, she, yeah. if she does. In her in her older days, she'll come to appreciate that this exists somewhere on the internet. And then she, you know what? She, she and you know other other horror house fans that discover us prior to this will get to this point and be like, "I wasn't expecting a masterclass and acting and improvisation and storytelling and world building." <laughs> Right. Uh, 25 years ago, she's going to be up for like a fellowship at a university. Like the, like Jackie, Jacqueline Hyatt, we want you to um, lead the UK School of Veterinary Medicine. Uh, But we first have some questions about your family and this. House podcast? Am I pronouncing she that correctly? She starts crying immediately, and she's like, "I had nothing to fucking do with that." They were making uh, up um, animals. Were they making up animals? <laughs> Asian <laughs> animals? Oh man! Uh, what will even be better is if later they discover an animal and they're so, hey, and right. like the 
the scientist who finds this animal, like this mongoose <laughs> offshoot, just happens to be one of the 50 people who listen to the podcast. And they're like, I'm going to name it the three-toed mongoose. You thousand at the end of that 50. <sighs> oh, 50,000. Yeah, now I feel like... 50,000 million. Uh, One of the 50 everyone who listens to the I podcast. Think the main thing to glean from our storytelling and world building tonight, um, HBO. We're ready to do the Nightbreed series. Mm. Obviously. Clearly. Cause. Clearly. We can do it. Could you imagine, Chris, can you imagine, like, I can see it now, like, the Mac Tonight guy in a kung fu battle against two three-toed East Asian Off in the mongoose. distance, in focus, East... but just barely, is the porcupine chick topless. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, the nips are hey, blurry, but everything hey, else Chris is... and Dave joint credits. That's first episode. <laughs> Make it happen, HBO. We're we're right here. Am I crying? Am I gonna cry? Hold on. It's building up. It's swelling. Hold on. Hold on. Don't you cry, motherfucker. Don't you cry. Suck it in, Hyatt. It's brilliant. Oh, my God. Okay, (laughs) suck it in. Uh, All right. I had to just suck in the tears, man. I I got it. I'm with you. I, I I let one or two go because it was just such a... I, I I got to see the framing. I could see the framing, and it was just it was perfect. It was perfect. Um, I I I agree. I let one tear go, and I call that pouring it pouring one out for my homies. Amen. Amen. One tear. <laughs> and at this point, it's like ninety percent bourbon. Uh, I let I let a second one out. That was for all of our fallen street mongoose brothers. If it's not a cryptid, it's a street gang in Asia, for sure. I just got robbed by the fucking street mongooses. Fucking stole all my fucking phones I had charging and my fucking phone charging hut. I hope I hope every single one of them <laughs> rides pit bike mongooses. Uh, the Columbus Bad Boys, the Big Dog Order will understand what I'm, where I'm coming from. This, this Chinese street gang like all of them right around on a uh, mongoose pit bikes. And <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Well, this was a fun episode. We went to the, the I, yes. this is, uh, I feel like a, a, a really good blending of the realistic and the natural world. And just us being drunk goofballs, which what, what else could you want from, from the horror house guys? I mean, that's probably basically what the horror house is. I, so. I had a great time. Hopefully, everybody listening had a great time tonight. Uh, if they didn't, mm-hmm. if they did, if this was the best episode we've ever fucking done, Dave, where can they let us know these 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 informations? Or send us or, uh, give us your or feedback send us information on the uh, on that on that three throat sloth. Yeah, hit us up. Um, add to the lore. If you're a Wikipedia ed- editor or on Reddit, like start putting this shit out there. Let's make this a thing. Like the re- the rabble are in on it, but let's make this a thing. And uh, let us know if you do. You can hit us up at sweetness one with six e's in sweet, um, or at whorehouse two on the Twitter. Email us whorehousepodcast at gmail dot com or. 
you can hit us up on, on the Whorehouse Facebook page. Uh, you could leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm forward slash Horrorhouse, and we will play your voice on the air unless you specifically ask us not to. And then maybe we'll do it anyway. It depends on you. your level of sexiness. Man or woman, I, that doesn't matter. Yeah, if you got, you got sex that appeal. sexy, scratchy voice like, um, you guys are pretty great. <laughs> I love what you say I about straight I to the Cryptids episode. <laughs> I don't like horror movies, but I'm a really big fan of Asian street gangs. <laughs> are they? Are they the, I can't. I can't. Uh, last but not least, if you are, if you would, at this point, willing to give us a rating of any size or shape, we will take it proudly. We've earned whatever that is. You may think that we're bluffing. Will we take a half of a star, Dave? I'll take yeah. it. I'll, we'll take yeah, a half we will. We'll take what you think. We'll I, take what you think. We will. I will hold my hand we out. We will accept the results. I will of your hold rating. my hand out to these people, Dave, and look them dead in the eyes and say, Give me the half star. And I will look seductively yeah. and dangerously. We'll and then I will look in the corner of my eye to you. And that's where you back me up, and you, and and then you would say, uh, "Um, way to go! <laughs> what? I don't know. What the fuck? You put me on the spot, man. Like, what you're am I supposed, supposed to say? Yeah, have my back. yeah. You're supposed to be like, fuck yeah, you're gonna give him that oh, half yeah. star. Damn. Fuck yeah, we'll take that I didn't half know this star. This was the last episode of Whorehouse, Dave. It's been the last episode like 30 different times. Like one a third of the times we've ended That's the, That's the uh, That's podcast. Um, Chris, you know what I want? Uh, and this, I want people to leave us a voicemail, um, giving us a little cheers, and then take a drink. Tell us what you're drinking. Give yeah. us a cheers. Take a drink. Leave us those voicemails. We are drinking uh, I would love episode. it. If you haven't, if you couldn't tell by the last. 30 minutes of an episode. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've had a couple dry episodes. I don't know that I ever have, um, which is... But not many. Not many. 